0: Today is the uh, annual meeting of the cathedral congregation. It's a little bit of an unusual service. Uh, I'm going to use the homily time to uh, give the dean's address to the the meeting. Uh, The scriptures that we have this morning are about the bridegroom. Come for the bride. The the church is the bride. And uh, God's people are his bride. Uh, uh, God is the bridegroom. God the Son has come, the bridegroom for the bride, and he's come to make her beautiful for the wedding. I want to talk this morning about a little bit about um, what the challenges of the last two years have been for us, and then I want to end by talking about the capital campaign that that we're launching the public phase of that today. I have a report that's in the Brochure, the little uh, meeting booklet, and you can look at that. It has more details, but I want to give the news in brief. The news in brief is that we are living in a very challenging time for the church. I just uh, heard a uh, interview with a with a scholar, a scholar, sociologist of religion, who has written a book about uh, the the changing attitude of the culture and the society towards the Christian church. And he starts back in the time of Eisenhower, and he talks about three phases. First phase is basically positive, second phase is neutral, third phase is the phase we're entering now, which is, which is, which is hostile. Um, I grew up with President Eisenhower. Some of us are old enough to remember him. I like Ike, you can remember that. And, uh, uh, and even President Eisenhower had a campaign uh, to encourage people to go to church, and there were billboards that said, "Go to the church of your choice." Uh, the president says, he, you know, and um, the culture was basically about 50% of the people in the country attended worship either at a church or a synagogue or some other place of worship on a Sunday morning. About 50%. The numbers now are a little bit elusive, particularly with COVID, but it's less than 25%. And in and in and in Europe church attendance is in the low single digits yeah. yeah so um i that was a sort of a time when and there were there were many people and they didn't go to church but yet they were basically positive about religion about thought it was a good thing they had children Maybe they weren't terribly religious themselves. They wanted their children to go to Sunday school. My parents brought me to the church, dropped me off so that I could go to the Sunday school, came back and picked me up when the Sunday school was over. You know, read the New York Times. Uh, that was what they wanted to do on a, on a Sunday morning. But, re- you know, you ought to have a little bit of religion. It would do you some good. Basically Positive. And then we passed through a long time when there was kind of neutrality about religion. Your religion was your personal business as long as you kept it to yourself. It, it didn't bother anybody. Uh, you know, uh, I'm an Episcopalian. Uh, you're a vegan. You know, we, we all have our hobbies, right? And uh, uh, now, we're in a, now we're in a time when um, there are significant voices in the culture which regard Christianity as a problem as as the source of wickedness and evil, uh, as something that needs to be suppressed, and so you, we see when uh, in in the hearings in Congress, when people are being interviewed to see whether they should be fit candidates for public office, the senators and the Congress people ask serious questions. But I understand that you really go to church, you're really serious about your religion. Isn't that a disqualification for public office? Uh, never mind that the Constitution forbids that. But that's those are those are serious questions that are asked in our Time. Uh, so what does this mean? Um, it, it means, I think, uh, you know, there are there are eddies and there are eddies and and back currents here and there, right? But overall, Christianity, religion, is in decline in the West, in the old Christian homelands. In, uh, certainly the North Atlantic countries and uh, if you uh, the only churches that are growing are the Roman Catholic Church and the and the Pentecostal Church in this country those are the movements that are growing and if you factor out immigration they're not growing either uh, and so you may have spotted that churches are closing uh, uh, almost every denomination is is closing churches um, Clearly, there are many, many congregations that are not going to survive this time. I think, uh, uh, I think a, a church like the cathedral is one of the ones that, that can survive and maybe will have an unusual missionary opportunity in this time, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But it's a, time of, it's a time of incredible challenge to be a faithful Christian church in the center of a secular city is a huge challenge. On top of that challenge... You know, rowing against that stream, that current, now we have two years of the pandemic. And it's just made everything more difficult. Uh, As suppressed as church attendance has been, this has suppressed it even further. But here's how God works. God turns things inside out and he brings blessings out of struggles. And he brings life, new life, out of death. And so there have been there have been spiritual fruits that have come in the face of these challenges. And they've come here. uh, They've come in many places, but among among other places, they've come here in our cathedral congregation, in our cathedral ministry. So what are some of these blessings? There's an old saying, the devil, the devil teaches you to pray. The devil teaches you to pray. So it's tough times, right? Tough times force you to force you to your knees, and uh, I don't know about you, but I, I I find myself praying with a with a with a deeper earnestness. Uh, I find myself uh, being sustained day by day and week by week by the prayer of the church, by the by the daily offices of the church, and by uh, the, day, the weekly Eucharist, and I'm very blessed because most day, on most days we have a, a daily Eucharist here at the, at the cathedral. I'm able to either celebrate that or participate in that, and it, it, is, it is getting me through. Uh, when I was a little boy, they used to have, I don't know if they still have this, they used to have something called monkey bars in, uh, in, in playgrounds. And the whole thing about the monkey bar was you didn't want to let go of the thing behind you until you had a good grip on the one in front of you, right? And I—that's how that's how the prayer of the church is for me, and how the sacraments of the church are for me, you know. And so I, I'm able to, to go from one day to the next, and I hear that from so many people. Um, uh, we have we have our our daily office is online uh, typically uh, during this time, we have more people participating in the daily offices of the cathedral, the daily prayers, morning and evening prayer. We have more people now than we've ever had before. And I hear from people, I hear from people that it is the thing that is getting them through. And, uh, uh, the pandemic has forced us to put our ministry online And uh, uh, we had something we had talked about, something we had thought about, but we had to do it. We were forced to do it. And it's been a great blessing. It's been a great blessing. Uh, I hear all the time from people how important this is. We have people who worship with us and we have people who support us financially in a significant way, whose only experience of the cathedral is through the online uh, ministry. And on the, rare, on the rare Sundays when we are just, you know, we had one uh, uh, last Sunday, I guess it was, uh, when, the, when the ice was so bad and just our Andy, who does our, our video, couldn't get here. He just wasn't able to arrive here. And I, the phone, the, the, the light is on in the office when I go in. You know, the, the people just miss it. So is everything okay? Is there anything I can do to help? Uh, this is so important to us. So that's a blessing. Another blessing has been that the pandemic has caused us to contemplate our own mortality. Modern people, contemporary people are very, very good at keeping death at arm's length. When I was a teacher, um, it was remarkable to me. I would have people that would be in in their 20s, even their 30s. And I'd say, raise your hand if you've ever been to a funeral, and, and no hand, you know. So you could, it, 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 because of our medical care, it was possible to really be insulated and isolated. There's hardly anybody who hasn't had to think about their death, who hasn't had to think about their mortality. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. When our uh, when our uh, children were growing up, my my wife had on the refrigerator door, "Quit out eternum." what is it in the light of eternity, you know? Help me keep childhood aggravations in perspective. Okay. So all of us have been, having, have been having to think about our lives in the light of eternity. And even people who don't believe in God, they're not sure, either they're not sure about God or they just flat don't believe in God, or even they don't want there to be a God. Nevertheless, people have been reevaluating what's important and uh, putting first things first in their lives. Uh, and for for Christian people to think about, you know, what is it in the light of eternity, uh, and that the time is short to get right with God and to get right with our brothers and sisters. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. God has brought us to that. So there 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 have been uh, there have been there have been um, uh, many blessings, and one blessing. That it 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 it, 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 it's, uh, uh, it it comes to us because of uh, how hard it is to do things and and how we must do everything that we do with fewer people, and this is going to be this is going to be the reality of the church as far as I can see for a long time. I think human energy, human capacity, um, uh, uh, the 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 ability of the people in the congregation to lend their hands to the ministry of the church. the uh, we're gonna we're gonna have money challenges for a long time, but even more challenging is going to be to do what we have to do with few hands. we're already in that. we've already experienced that for many years. it's only going to get worse. so you have to really you have to really focus on what is central. What is number one? What is, what is the first and most important thing? And the first and the most important thing I've already talked about is the worship of the church. There's a Greek word which summarizes it, which uh, contemporary people don't like very much. It's the word orthodox, orthodoxy, orthodox. It means right opinion, yes, but even, even, even more profoundly, it means right praise. It it means doxa is the word for glory. God has shared his glory with us in the person of his only begotten son who has come to us in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we return praise and thanks and glory to God for sending his light. The the divine light in person, the divine love in person, the word of God's searching, seeking sacrificial love in person coming in person to us, the light of Christ coming to us and, and, and returning to the Father praise with our little candle, it being taken up in that great light. Right glory, right praise, right worship. This is the central mission of the church. Everything, everything comes to that, everything flows from that. We should do all the good works that we can walk in. And from time to time, congregations are called to corporate works of mercy. And that's an important thing. But when when you can't do anything else, the one thing that you have got to do is you've got to offer praise and worship to God. To worship God in beauty, in holiness, is the central mission of the church. And it is uh, the Rasen d'etre for this great cathedral. To worship God in beauty and in holiness in such a way as to produce lives that are beautiful and holy. Our lives are being transfigured. They're being changed from glory to glory by participation in the worship of the Father through the Son, and in the power of his Holy Spirit. St. Paul tells us in the letter to the Ephesians that we have continually to put off the old man, to put off the old humanity, the old Adam, and to put on the new man, uh, the new humanity, Jesus Christ the Lord. So each one of you did when you were baptized, or will do when you are baptized. So each one of you did when you were baptized. And so we do again and again. In the in the in the daily prayers, in the weekly in the sacraments, and in the uh, in the worship of the church, uh, it's a we come here uh, not to be entertained. Uh, I hope it's inspiring. I hope it's uplifting. We really come here to be changed, to have restored in us the fundamental human vocation, and the fundamental human vocation is to be a priest and to offer praises. Of sacrifice and thanksgiving and worship to God Almighty. Um, if, if if we're if we were tempted to make uh, something other than the first thing, the first thing, we just can't swing it. And so it's a blessing, forced back upon the central mission of the church. Now I want to say a final word about the campaign that we're launching today for the restoration and repair, and, 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 and preservation of this great place of worship. If you believe that worship is the central, if you believe that worship is the central mission of the church, then it needs very little convincing that the incalculable aid that this place is to our our hearts going up to God. It it needs a little persuasion. But let me also let me also say why I think a building like this has missionary significance and is uh, especially able to reach to be a mission to our contemporary world, this modern world that is increasingly hostile to the church. We're living in a time when it is hard, hard for contemporary men and women to hear God's call to his lost children to come back to him. We know that there's a crisis of meaning in our time. and 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 a place like this cathedral is able to address that crisis in, I think, a particularly effective way. There's a crisis of meaning in our time. Uh, many people are not sure there's truth with a capital T. They're not sure there's something called goodness with a capital G. There's not, there's, they're not sure there's something called beauty. They're looking for meaning. They're trying to make meaning out of their lives. They're, they're, they're looking all over the place. One of the reasons why our politics are so difficult is because people are trying to make it mean everything. They're trying to make it mean too much. This, this over-pressured search for meaning in, in secondary things is affecting families, it's affecting workplaces. But there's a great hunger in the human heart to have meaning and purpose. And people are trying to make meaning and purpose in their lives. God bless them. It's, it's, a, it's, it's human to, to, to want to do that. But we know that people are having trouble with it. We know that there's a lot of anxiety. We know there's a lot of depression. We know that uh, there's a lot of suicide. Meaning is not something that we can make. Meaning is something that's discovered. It's something that's revealed. Meaning is a purposeful orientation to something that is undeniably good. Meaning is a purposeful orientation to something that is undeniably good. a mountain, a grand vista, a grand view, a flower, a baby. These things are undeniably good, and they evoke meaning, and they evoke a sense of purpose, and they draw people to them. Now, you come into this place... And you don't know whether there's a God. Maybe you hope that there is one. Maybe you hope that there isn't one because you think you can't really be free and, and, and have the life you want if there really is something, a God bearing down upon you in some way. But you come into this place, and whatever you think is undeniably good, it's undeniably beautiful. You, you can't resist having your heart lifted. You can't resist looking up. Well, it's one of the characteristics of the contemporary world. We, re- we rarely look up. You can't resist it. And uh, there is, a, there is a, an undeniable goodness in this sermon in stone. And it can reach people when words can't reach them. And it can stir the heart up. The goodness and the beauty that is in this place is rooted in the sumum bonum, the greatest good. It's rooted in him who is all goodness, all truth, and all beauty. And it orients the human heart towards that which is of undeniable value. And it begins to produce meaning. You come into this place and you're not sure whether there's a God. And by God's grace, the beauty that you encounter here, the silence, the space, the worship if you stay, can cause a seeking heart to break through to meaning and purpose and have joy and peace in belief. You can do it in a way that other things simply cannot. I want to say one more thing. This place is a sacrifice that has been built up by many sacrifices. What is a sacrifice? A sacrifice is an embodied prayer. When the Savior goes to the cross... He embodies his prayer for us. When the Savior goes to the cross, he embodies the Father's prayer that we will respond. The cross of Jesus Christ, his whole life, his death, his resurrection, his whole being, his presence with us now in and through the sacrament it's all embodied prayer. It's all a sacrifice. And this place is a sacrifice built up upon the sacrifices of many other people. Embodied prayers. It's an embodied prayer built up on upon embodied prayers, and it and it and because sacrifices in response to goodness, it points to goodness and reorients the heart to God and to our brothers and sisters. Maintaining this building is a faithful prayer. It's a faithful sacrifice. It's a faithful act of praise and thanksgiving. It's also a missionary act, an act of embodied prayer in conformity with the embodied prayer of the Savior who gives himself for the life of the world. the name of God the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.